Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. But Shaken Red Nation, this is Jeremy Brenner with another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets at SKNation.com. And tonight, Rockets fall back into their losing ways. Final score, Warriors 120, Rockets 101. Now, tonight, the game script up until about the middle of the fourth quarter uh, was very similar to uh, last night's win against the Suns. Uh, go check out the last episode where I discussed uh, that game. But going into this game, uh, you know, obviously second hand of a back-to-back, uh, travel to another city, uh, a lot of things going against the Rockets tonight. And it showed because they started off really flat. Um, the Rockets, they uh, got off to a real slow start. Um, the Warriors were hitting on all cylinders. And the Warriors led by as much as 25 at one point. The Rockets were able to kind of cut into that pretty quickly, I would say. Um, you know, they, they were able to kind of make it from 25 till about 10 in that second quarter. Um, and then ultimately the Rockets were able in the fourth quarter to bring the deficit to within four. And, or four or five. It was, it was a two-possession game nonetheless. Uh, it was like 196. I think that was maybe the score with, with like six and a half minutes to go. And then from there on, you know, the Warriors, you know, took back the lead and kind of went uh, from there. So yeah, it was, it was 196. Josh Christopher made a pair of free throws to cut the deficit to, to four. That was the longest. Uh, that was all that they, that was the closest the Rockets ever got. Uh, you know, the, the Warriors outscored them from that point on 20 to five. And it made the score, I think, a lot 
uh, it, it made the score look a lot more lopsided than I think the game actually was at that point. I mean, it's tough to say because, you know, the Rockets obviously were down big early on. Um, and that kind of, that's, I think, ultimately why the Rockets lose this game. You know, that's something that they have struggled with is getting into those big holes early. And, and look, they've played through, they've played three really good teams on this road trip. So, so being on the road, not having that energy from the home crowd that kind of builds you up. It's, it's like they, they are either really good at the beginning or really bad. Uh, it's just, it's never ever the same. And for whatever reason, there's just no consistency for four quarters with this team. They either play well and then they play bad and then they play well again and then they play bad or it's they play bad and then they they get back into it and then they play bad again and they play well enough. And like uh, like Friday night against the Suns turned out into a win, but for tonight turns out into a loss, you know. Uh, Steph Curry, 30 points, Andrew Wiggins, 36, very similar to that game where they played in, in Houston a couple weeks ago. And the Warriors just could not, um, it, it felt like they couldn't miss, felt like they couldn't miss. And tonight, 25 made threes from the Warriors. So, uh, compared to three from the Rockets. So again, that's another place you look at why did the Rockets lose this game? Well, right there, Rockets got to get some three point shooting, man. Like it's just. You know, getting three threes in a game is just, it, it's almost impossible to win a game in the NBA when you're only making three triples in a game. Uh, it, yeah, it's just, especially when, so it's 75 points from the three point line the Warriors got tonight versus nine from the Rockets uh, tonight. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's why you got Jabari Smith in the draft and, um, you know, Jabari only took two shots tonight from the three-point line. Like, that number needs to be higher. Um, you know, Kevin Porter took nine threes, just had a really rough shooting night, one of nine from the three-point line. Team high 20 for KPJ. Um, but Jalen Green struggled, went 0 of 5 from three. Dacian Nix took six threes, uh, only made one of them. So, you know, it's just they're taking the shots. They're not making the shots, but the make's got to come. The make's got to come. And it's, you know, you got to sw- – and I hate to say it, you got to swap out some personnel to make that happen. You know, Garrison Matthews, that's why he's playing because this team is not a good three point shooting team, but you, you need him in there to shoot those threes. He only got three shots tonight. So I feel as if the Rockets are just kind of misusing their pieces in a way. I feel like in, in the win the other night, it was the win came because you were utilizing your pieces on the roster well enough to you know the best of their abilities to get you a win tonight i just feel like the players were just mismanaged misused um and and just wasn't like this is not a recipe last night they cooked up a recipe to win this is not a way to win if you're in the nba and especially if you're playing the golden state warriors just you can't you can't let the team make only three threes it's just it's it's unacceptable. I don't have much else to say uh, about about that aspect of it. We'll go to the Rockets box score. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Kevin Porter, 20 points. Jalen Green, after 30 last night, only 13 tonight. Struggling again from the field, 6 of 19 tonight for him. Uh, Shangun, 12 points in 20 minutes. A decent showing, I would say. Would like to get those minutes up. I, I don't 
I mean, obviously, I think with Garuba and Fernando all healthy, you know, Shangun's minutes are going to take a bit of a cut. Um, but Shangun is a player that they need to, you know, focus their offense around. And maybe you can get more offense uh, if you're if you're building up for Shangun. You know, very you know, six of nine from the field. Obviously, most of those are in the post. But I feel like tonight against a team like the Warriors, you want to take advantage of that. You know. Uh, especially if that three-point shot isn't falling. I wish they went to Shangun a little bit more in the post and, and maybe utilize him and maybe maybe once he's cooking, get a chance for him to draw attention. Maybe that'll draw off some more open threes for your three-point shooters, for Kevin Porter, for, for Jalen Green, for Jabari, for whoever's out there on the floor with, with LP. Um, you got 13 points from KJ. KJ got the start tonight uh, with Eric Gordon out on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, you know, Eric Gordon, they probably could have used him tonight. Uh, obviously, you know, his, his three-point shooting is, is a big help. Obviously, you know, last night he hit that big three down the stretch to help to put them in there. Maybe tonight if you have another three-point shooter, you're in this game a little bit more. Again, coulda, woulda, shoulda. The game's over. Not much else you can do. Um, I, it's not the fact that I want Eric Gordon in there. And it's it's not the fact that I don't want him in there either. It's just you his skill set is is necessary for a team, um, and I would like it for I would like for that to be someone a little bit younger, maybe a little bit more versatile, better on defense possibly. But you know you can only do so much. Uh, I think the one player that we can probably say you know he had a great game tonight is Tari Eason. Uh, first career double double for Tari Eason, thirteen points, ten boards for Tari. Um, again, you know, I, I said it last night. It's like, you know, have we ever seen Tari have a bad game yet? I don't think we have, to be honest with you. Uh, I, and it's just, it's, it's really, you know, he crashes the boards. He gives, he, he gives effort and that effort is contagious. I think the longer that he is on the court, he played 29 minutes tonight, obviously, uh, the minutes were a little bit skewed because the Rockets were trailing by a lot. And, uh, Steven Silas worked a completely different rotation. Uh, in that in that fourth quarter there, but I mean Tari played a damn good game tonight. Really happy to see uh, the effort from him, and I think eventually it's just going to spread and permeate across the rest of the team. It, really, really good performance from Tari tonight. Um, yeah, I think I think with the war, you know, with the Warriors bench, you knew that the Rockets bench was going to have some form of advantage. And that's kind of where the Rockets were able to sneak back in the game was those bench minutes. Cause the Warriors bench is just there. It's horrendous. Like it's what is holding them back. Like they're 13 and 11, 11 of those 13 wins come at home. And it's because this, the starting five is able to, you know, it's, it's just way better. And I mean, the starting five won a championship last year. So this bench, a lot of these guys, you know, Anthony Lamb, Jermichael Green, Ty Jerome, Moses Moody, like Moses Moody obviously was there, but didn't get a whole lot of minutes. I feel like the Warriors are going to be a team where if they, if they utilize the buyout market, maybe they make a trade or two um, at the trade deadline, really fortify this bench. I really think that they can be that team again in the West that you just don't want to play in the playoffs. I don't necessarily know if they'll be the number one seed again, or if they'll be like closer to the middle of the pack right now. I think that 13 and 11 for them 
they are looking let me look pull up the standings here they're looking at the seven seed in the west but there's only a three game difference between them and first place you know this west is is going to be you know i hate to use the 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 term but it's going to be the wild wild west because there's four games separating one through ten at the moment it's really going to come down to who's healthy at the right time and who's playing the best basketball and and this Warriors team could be that team because if you get four home games for them, they should, they should be able to, to win a series. And even so that means if they can slide up to that top four, they've got a, they've got a real shot. I'm really high on this Warriors team. And I think that anyone would be crazy to think that they are not a threat to repeat. I know they had a rough start to the year and they haven't really figured out how to win on the road this season, but it's a long season, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get there. It's Stephen Curry, you know. We we all know what he can do. So uh, I'm feeling really good about this this Warriors team, and I think the Rockets tonight put up a decent effort. You know, I I feel like obviously the the comeback it, the comeback was enough for me to say okay, like this wasn't a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. I mean, it's a bad loss. You lo- you lose by 20. It's a bad loss. There's no there's no good losses by 20, right? But I feel as if there was a lot going against the Rockets tonight. I didn't come on here expecting that we would be recording a W pod again tonight, but I think this game could have gone a whole lot worse. And as Rockets fans, you know, that's kind of what we've been, I guess, not necessarily trained to think, but that's just, and that's not necessarily the mindset of every fan. But I think that this game tonight could have been a lot worse, and we should be thankful that it wasn't as bad as it could have been because the Rockets could have just folded in the second quarter uh, when they were down 25 and just, you know, trudged along in two quarters of garbage time. But they made the Warriors sweat a little bit. I mean, to to get that to within four uh, with six minutes to go, if they were able to just play six more minutes of good basketball – we could be talking about one of the biggest upsets of the season so far. Uh, and that could have been even better than what we saw last night. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really I, – I think I'm still feeling the high of, of uh, Friday night's win. And maybe if the Rockets had lost that game, I wouldn't be as optimistic right now about the Rockets. And I, wouldn't, I would be maybe a little bit more hard on the team with the loss uh, tonight. But, look, if you told me – you're going to go to Denver for two games, Phoenix for one game, and uh, Golden State for the other. And if you told me we were going to get one win, I would have been like, you know what? It sounds about right, maybe even a bit uh, overzealous. But the Rockets got one win out of these four. And to me, I think that that is, you know, I'll take that small victory. That That's kind of where I'm at with the Rockets. But now they're coming home. Um, they're coming home. We could see the return of James Harden, who's been out for about a month with an injury. Uh, he could return Monday against uh, against the Rockets. Then the Rockets go to San Antonio on Thursday. Um, so there is there are winnable games coming up because after after this Philly game uh, on Monday, and then they go to San Antonio on Thursday. There's a lot of space in between these games. The Rockets will then be home until Christmas. They'll be home for a six seven game homestand i think that might be the longest of the season seven game homestand with a bunch of competitive teams but i think what this uh what this last game or two has proven is that the rockets you know can compete 
you know, if they if they put the pieces together, they can compete against some of the best teams in the league. And that's who they're going to face in this in this homestand. They've got Milwaukee on deck, Phoenix, who they just beat the other night, who I actually think they match up really well against. Miami, Portland, that's a, you know, Portland has struggled as of late. San Antonio, that's another winnable game. San Antonio's lost 10 in a row. Orlando, Orlando's lost eight in a row. Dallas, Dallas has been up and down struggling. If they don't play with Luka on that, on that day, I feel really good about uh, the Rockets' chances against the Mavericks if, uh, if they can play well. Um, if they play without Luka, I, I really like their chances. But, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But, you know, I think we look at this team 23 games in, and it's not exactly better than what we saw a year ago. In fact, let me pull up the schedule from last year to see where we were 23 games in. I want to say it's the exact same record, 6-17, and 17, um, because they had that win streak um, it, at that point in the year. So, yeah, they were 7-16. and 16, So they were actually better <laughs> at, at last year than, than this year. So maybe there is a bit of a, uh, of a red flag. But I do think that this team can't necessarily be uh, graded all on win-loss record. Um, I think that there has to be a little bit more to that. Um, you know, this team is talent wise better. Um, and they are learning how to play with each other still. I think it, you know, when you compare this group to like golden state, who's played in, you know, many, many playoff games together that has played in, you know, for years and years and years, the Rockets are just not on the same level. And that's okay. Like that's that's just how the cookie has crumbled for this Rockets team. It's just how it is. Um, but you know they're they're dead. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. 
a little spoiler for you. If a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. They're, they're competing. Um, they might not win every night, and they might struggle to win on most nights, um, but they are, you know, the effort is there. And to me, I think that is probably the most important thing. Um, I just wish that they would figure out a way to start a little bit quicker. I think that would change a lot um, if they can get off to just decent start. It doesn't have to be, they don't have to be up 20 in the first quarter, but they also don't need, they need to not be down 20 in the first quarter, um, which is what we saw tonight. And I think that's why you lose this game tonight. So quicker starts and more consistent gameplay and just finding that chemistry together. That those are the three keys for me in this next month of Rockets basketball. And then when the Rockets are uh, done with that New Year's game on the 31st against against New York, we'll reassess where we are and see if the record from New Year's Eve, which was 10 and 26, will be the Rockets record. You think they can win four games in this next month? That's going to be the test. I'll bring up Adam here. We've got a little bit of time. I'm curious to see what he's going to have to say. Uh, Adam, you are live on the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Uh, good. How are you doing tonight? I'm glad I have someone to talk to. It's a lot harder to do these shows when you're solo, but uh, it's it's more fun, I think, to talk to people. So uh, what's yeah, going on? You know, Drop your yeah, a question for you. All right. Yeah. So yeah. When, when you look at this Rockets team, which players do you, do you feel like a, a true like kinship or just like, you know, you just feel connected to? Because even you know, if you think about just the last two decades of Rockets basketball, even when times were, were weren't that great, you know, we were kind of a middling team. There's always you know two or three players that you know you felt like a connection to. Like, do, do you have any of those guys on this roster for you? You know, that's a that's a good question, and I'm gonna try to reinterpret your question. You're gonna tell me if I'm changing your question, and I'll, I'll try not to. Um, but like what my interpretation of this question is, you know, which players do you want to see succeed? Like which yeah. players are you like, I would love for them to succeed and it would be that much better if they were succeeding as rockets. Is that, is that a fair pivot? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me give you this answer. Um, I would love to see Jalen green succeed as a rocket. Um, Kevin Porter. I would love to see succeed as a rocket. Um, Tari Eason and Al P. Those are probably my top four. Um, and then I would probably say Jabari is my number five. That's that's what I would go with. Um, and, and look, it's but also, I mean, I have I I like everyone. Like I really do enjoy this team. But I will say this: like if you compare like the last twenty years, like you mentioned, um, my my personal experience with this team is a bit different because I'm covering this team from a journalistic perspective, which is not necessarily my relationship to the previous teams that I saw, like with, with James Harden in the early years, with Dwight Howard, um, with the Yao and T-Mac teams. You know, and I think that as an adult also, it, it changes. Like, I feel like when you're a kid, and I may have mentioned this on the show, you know, go, go look through all of the previous 300-something episodes, see if I said this. Um, or, or don't, but if you, if you have the time, you know, Hey, why not? But, uh, 
But I think that when you're a kid, you look at athletes as superheroes uh, and, and you see them as like larger than life figures, maybe just because, I mean, they're tall, but they're also, they do these superhuman athletic things and you're just like, wow, I want to do that. So when I was a kid in my backyard, I was like, I want to be like T-Mac. I want to be like, uh, you know, I want to be defending like Shane Batty. I was big on defense. So I was like, I want to defend, I want to learn how to defend like Shane Batty. So I'd like watch Shane Batty videos and, to learn how to play defense like him, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, Kobe, LeBron, all those guys, you, you develop that, oh, I want to be like you. With this group of guys, it's not necessarily like that, but I feel like because we're around the same age, um, you know, it's like we grew up together. And it's more of, oh, I really want to see you do well. I really want to see you succeed. And I really want, because in a way, like I'm in my career. And I mean, while, while I'm not an athlete, I am also in, you know, as a, as a sports journalist, I am also in that field and I'm growing at, you know, my pace. And, you know, it's more of a professional, it's like more of a professional, like a friend level. I feel like the the people that I saw when I was a kid, those were my those were my superheroes. But this this team is like it's more of the buddies, the friends, um, and maybe that's because they're just a young team. A lot of these players on the team are younger than me, which is insane for me to even think about. I mean, I'm only 24, so like I consider myself to be very young. But this Rockets team is younger than that, so it's it's different. Um, but I would say that my relationship with this Rockets team is more of just really hope that they they do well that they that they take the talents that they were given use it to the best of their abilities and uh you know see them succeed in their professional careers yeah no i i i, I uh i like that answer it's a very nuanced take like and, yeah. and i understand that i'm i'm not like most people when it comes to that um no. so i think it's a very different perspective than i think the majority of fans have but as as a writer, I think like I I'm not necessarily like I love like I, it's I'm not like a diehard like you know ride or die with these guys like I was as a kid. But it's it's different. I wouldn't say one is better than the other, but I would say that they're just different. If that makes sense. Yeah. What do yeah. you think? I want to I want to throw the question back at you as someone who, mm-hmm. uh, to my understanding, is is a fan of the team, but not much outside of that you're not like covering the team like like i am or anything like that so i'm curious to see what your um you know kinship is to this team versus uh someone like me i think about it kind of more analytically so like i want to take into account how talented i think a guy is i want to i want to take into account kind of their demeanor you know do they got like that mf or kind of demeanor about them Mm -hmm. that confidence and are they, you know, are they actually, you know, based on kind of their skill set, you know, if, if they're extremely athletic, do they actually use that athleticism in the game? You know, is it something like where if you put yourself in their shoes, you could see yourself kind of replicating or doing, you know, making some of the same decision making, um, some of the same decisions that they're making. So like for me, I really only got like three guys on the team. It, for me, it's it's Jalen Green, it's KJ Martin, and it's Tari Eason. For Tari, only thing that really bothers me about his game so far, other than just getting, you know, getting more playing time, which is kind of out of his control, you know, somewhat. I, 
you know, he's six foot eight. He's extremely athletic. He has a, just a knack for getting to the basket. He's just one of those players that I just didn't, I, I didn't like when, when players that didn't need to just always tended to lay the ball up, you know, like when you get to the basket, you know, dunk a basket, you know, yeah. like it's almost like those players that just want to finger roll it just for, just for the sake of the style, the style. There's a timidness there in terms of that, which is, like a very different, like it doesn't reflect the rest of his game because he's not a timid exactly. player, but yeah. that part of his game maybe is a bit more timid compared to the rest of his game. I, I agree with that take. And, and so like in kind of my, you know, I don't want to keep you on too long, but my second kind of question kind of, or kind of point to that I, I've been thinking about over the course of a lot of, a lot of games is like comparing the first 20, 25 games of Jalen green to Jabari Smith. And I'm not even just looking at their points and their statistics because um, but it's, it's really more so about the demeanor. Like I was saying, you know, Jalen green was, he was struggling last year, you know, the first Jaylen 20. Was timid. Yeah. But Ari isn't as timid. Well, I have a, maybe a different perspective on it. Like Jalen green, even when he wasn't playing well, he always had that confidence. He always like carried himself. Like he was one of the best two players on the court. I don't see that with Jabari. That bothers me a little bit. Second thing that bothers me that maybe is out of their it's more of kind of an assessment for the team and just us as fans. Jalen Green has always been super skilled. And I just I don't know if it's the timidness or or or, or some some of the things that we just don't see, but like he's his demeanor is is drastic dramatically different when he's making shots and when he's not making shots. Mm-hmm. You know? Like yeah. And I don't, I don't like that. You know, I don't like a swagger. See. Like he, he needs a swagger. Yeah, even when he's not making his shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you think about like the skill set, like his skill set is shooting. He's a shooter. That's what he was advertised, right? Yes. And so when Jalen Green wasn't making his shot, was going through slumps last year. That's all right. Like that's he was supposed to be a a, a pretty good shooter, but he wasn't supposed to be like a guy that you know, was, you know, you're expecting to shoot 40% from three, you know, consistently game in, game out. That's, it's, that's something that I'm really, you know, I'm, I haven't made a determination on it all, but that's something that I'm just monitor, monitoring. Jabari needs time. Jabari, Jabari's going to need time. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe the fact that he is a lot younger than even his own rookie class. I want to say he's, I think I read something. He's like the seventh youngest player in the whole league. Yeah. which is crazy. Um, and, and I think the losing might, you know, it, it might change his demeanor a little bit more than say like that than anyone else. Because if you're attract, if you're, if you're attracting losing, it, it might affect him more than it affects a veteran. Um, and, and that's just, that's just part of being a rookie in the NBA. It's growing pains. I really don't, think that Jabari is going to have that problem for much longer. And I really don't think Tari is going to have that problem for much longer. I really think that those two guys, um, they're, they're going to, as the more they play together, the more confident I see them. I mean, it is still inconsistent. I will agree with you on that, especially with Jabari. With Tari, it isn't as inconsistent. It's, it's, more, it's more just the finishing in his game. But, like, once someone, like, tells them, like, you know, like this is your league go like i really think that we're going to see a lot of positives from from both of those guys 
and and Jalen Jalen still is on that a little bit too. I feel like there's another level from Jalen that we haven't seen yet, and I feel like most of these guys are not on the level that they will eventually reach, and that's that's part of why the Rockets are losing because they're not getting players at their peak, they're getting players before their peak. But the fact that we're seeing these points of growth before they reach that 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 prime it, it leads to a bright future because once these players are in their prime who knows what will happen sky's the limit i, I agree completely we, you know with jalen i it's just that consistency you know like he plays the same way you know game in game out it's just one game he's shooting you know 60 percent from the field and in the next game he's six for 20 six for 18 and it's just you know and um and like last night he was he was eight for 24 but he got to the line enough yeah and that to me is like the the key to unlock his whole game he's he's relentless raw fouls like that's what that's how trey young makes his game it's it's in a way that's you know that's how james harden made his game jalen can be that kind of player too it's just a matter of you know when is that going to come that's that's the yeah, he's just relentless the way you know if he's just on he just has that never-ending perpetual confidence about him and i, I think you kind of see that you kind of it's kind of funny you mentioned trey young you know because i've you know, been in a number of stories of how you know he went through workouts with trey young you know working out with uh steph curry and his and his trainer um and just you, you kind of see that kind of rubbing off on him. It's almost like, you know, with Jabari, if I'm, you know, it's hard, it's, it's unfair to compare, you know, Jalen who's had a full NBA season and to, to Jabari, but it's almost like when Jabari misses a shot, it's almost like he wants to apologize for it, you know, rather than just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to make the next one. And it's, it's, um it's, that's kind of like the point of comparison. That's something can you mention that kind of, it's kind of interesting to me. It's almost like asking for permission to just be who you are and not, you know, when I say that it's almost like from like the coaching staff, Jabari's going to get 20 to 30 minutes a game every night. Like he could, he could, you know, be jacking up 15 shots a game, you know, kind of taking the the team out of their offensive flow. He's still going to get 20 to 30 minutes a game because he was drafted, you know, third. Right. But like, Tar, you know, the again, in the point of comparison, Tari plays his game regardless whether he gets five minutes a game, whether he doesn't get in the game, whether he gets twenty five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, like it's in there's there's a difference, and it's almost like you know, as like an exercise for myself. If I if I like compare, if I say like if Jabari Smith wasn't the third pick, if he was the twenty twentieth pick in the draft, how would I feel about him? And obviously we are a lot more invested in him and him doing well because he's the third pick in the draft. And and you're right. He's very young. And a lot of this stuff, we, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. We, we, we love to bash, you know, Silas and the coaching staff, but if you're a player and you're getting 20, 25 minutes a game consistently at some point, you got to, you know, we can't really blame some of the shortcomings on the coaching staff. At some players, you just got to be that mf and just go out there and get yours and play your game, you know? If, 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 but if you're Tari, in some games, you're just getting, you're getting seven minutes and other games, you're getting 27 minutes. Like there is a, yeah, I think, you know, that's something that you can't control, you know? But if you're on the court, you just got to, you just got to not ask for permission, man. Ask for forgiveness, you know, and just, do what you got to do out there. Yeah. Amen. I couldn't have said it any better. Thank you so much, Adam. That was pretty nuanced conversation. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep.
And I think this is a perfect place to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. A lot of fun talking with Adam. As always, Mike will be back with the next episode on Monday, recapping what is hopefully another W pod against James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at DreamShakeSBN. Head over to Facebook if you're over there. Give us a like on our Facebook page and head to thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. If you'd like to follow my personal Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets! Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.